Ding, 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 ding. Welcome to Talking Pictures Trivia, the podcast in which a group of Welcome to Talking Pictures Trivia, the podcast in which a group of The podcast in which a group of The podcast in which a group of B-Side Hello, and welcome back to B-Side. I'm Tom, and today we're going to finish up our, I guess we could call it a time-traveling series. This one is going to be on specifically the Terminator, though Back to the Future trilogy is going to come up again, and I'm going to specifically be looking again at Baudrillard identity and technology. So let's get into it. I'm going to do my best with this one, but it is once again raining, just like with the first Back to the Future B-side. And I also have a cat here who I am babysitting and is purring vigorously. So if you hear rain or purring, there's your explanation. Um, but the argument I'm going to put forward today is that the Terminator film, uh, and a little bit with Back to the Future trilogy, but really the Terminator film represents a sort of a split between the Enlightenment idea of modernity and a technological idea of modernity and how this reflects on or relates to technological change. In the Enlightenment, and, and when we talk about the Enlightenment, I'm talking about that thing, that movement that occurred in the second half of the 18th century, namely in Scotland, Scotland and England. I'm not so much talking about the Enlightenment of, let's say, France. Some people might call up what happened in the Netherlands an Enlightenment, uh, but I'm specifically talking about um, the Enlightenment of England and also the Enlightenment as it touches Germany. And the reason for this is both of those Enlightenments are manifested really in uh, in scholarship, so you start to see it in, in terms of um, what people are writing. Um, you know, you can think of Adam Smith, Adam Ferguson, the list goes on. And then, of course, in in Germany, um, the most famous German language philosopher of the Enlightenment is Immanuel Kant. Uh, I, I separate this out from France, even though there's great French Enlightenment writers. The reason being that. Um, with France, we see very vigorous political action and this kind of cult of reason that emerges. And it's hard to separate out French Enlightenment writers from the the revolutionary action they've taken. And I also think the French Enlightenment, as it's it's discussed with with people like um, with people like Voltaire and others, is rather different. Uh, so we're going to just focus on the kind of the German and English sphere. In the Enlightenment, the idea of a single individual is established. That is, you're a unique individual with individual rights, and you should be able to live in a polity that respects those individual rights as long as you don't violate the rights of anyone else. We can see this idea kind of continuing on even into the 20th century becomes a major sort of idea in, in the American founding. Um, and furthermore, in, in 20th century philosophy, different philosophers such as Michel Foucault sort of pick up this from Immanuel Kant. 
um, Foucault saw in Kant, um, Sapir Aud, or Audi, he said, um, which is the, the have the courage to use your own understanding. Um, so for Foucault, the Enlightenment is an establishment of the self, as it is for Kant, um, but it also is the, the 20th century Enlightenment and possibly the 21st century Enlightenment is not only the courage of the self, it's the courage to reinvent oneself, the ability to reinvent oneself. However, in this kind of error of fractured identity, what we see is that the individual is split open and becomes a collection of fragmented individuals. Now, this is a kind of break from Foucault. Foucault would say, reinvent oneself. Kant would say, be oneself. But in a media error, what people would say, and, and Baudrillard would be one of them, is that the self becomes destroyed or broken apart by technology. Um, as individual philosophies break apart and fragment, you end up having a crisis of identity. The individual is constantly in division with himself or herself. And how this happens is that the individual becomes consubstantive with what he or she purchases or buys. So you are what you buy, you are the movies that you watch, um, you are the purchases you've made through the year, and then you become to tell your story via the, the story of those objects. So if you wear a particular brand's t-shirt, you begin to tell your story via association with that brand. And so that brand captures a portion of your identity. Um, when you go to the, the movies and you establish a communal vocabulary with popular movies, you can think of the, the Marvel films, right, as doing this. Everybody and their mother has seen a Marvel movie. And your identity then is in part established by this association, by your reliance on media to help form you or unform you, right? Kind of take you apart, according to Baudrillard. Um, and this is, this is this idea of kind of the, the consumer identity. Um, the movies become a way to not only break the individual apart, but also a means of recovering the stable individual, the person itself who uses the information media in order to have a better understanding of the self, right? So we have this kind of, um, this reliance on media and media culture and that breaks apart the self, that severs the self, but at the same time, the use of the Hollywood film becomes a means of establishing oneself. So the media sort of creates the problem and then it also solves the problem. And it solves the problem problem by establishing a vocabulary we can all understand. And so one example might be a wedding. A wedding is seen over and over again, or weddings are seen over and over again in film 
we understand the concept of a wedding, the ideal wedding, through a romantic comedy that might begin or end in a wedding. And so it becomes the way in which we understand our own wedding or the wedding we strive to establish, right? And so that becomes an aspect of our identity is this wet, you know, this wedding that is grounded in cinema. Another example of this, of course, is the Wild West feature um, in which people imagine themselves as Clint Eastwood, kind of going out, lone wolf, highly competent, physical, sexually available. Um, clearly, Michael J. Fox's character in Back to the Future Part 3 is doing just this thing, right? He literally is taking on the name Clint Eastwood and even physically in one scene embodying the the man with no name. He um, wears the same kind of bulletproof vest as from A Fistful of Dollars. I think I covered this in the last B-Side podcast. And so that also becomes a way of reclaiming a broken or fractured identity is through selecting a vocabulary of personalities to to take on. And Michael J. Fox taking on the, the character of Clint Eastwood, as well as Michael J. Fox, the, the actor, taking on these various roles. He plays his um, great-great-grandfather, I believe, in this, uh, who's who has immigrated from Ireland. Um, you know, just as Michael J. Fox in Back to the Future Part Two played his own son and daughter, is sort of capturing two sides of this identity crisis. He's capturing the way in which media unmakes the person, fractures them. You know, we now have Michael J. Fox as kind of the Er McFly. He is Marty. He is both of Marty's children. He is Marty Young. He is Marty Old. And he is even Marty great-great-grandfather. Um, you know, he's not this one individual anymore, but the special effects of Back to the Future have allowed him to become um, everyone and therefore kind of no one, that, that old cliche too. But also the fantasy of the Wild West, of being able to experience that fantasy and being able to experience that fantasy in a cinematic way, not just because Back to the Future Part Three is literally a piece of cinema, but also because he takes on that role via the, the kind of spaghetti westerns that he seems to like. Therefore, not only is McFly an embodiment of the, this fractured identity, um, and Michael J. Fox is, is playing a collection of identities of McFly broken across these different personalities, but he's also the Er McFly who can reconstitute himself according to a media-driven narrative. That is the narrative of the man with no name, the narrative of the Wild West gunfighter, Clint Eastwood, call him what you will. And so in Back to the Future, the technological revolution is situated in kind of the meta space. It's a technological revolution 
that allows the filmmakers to unmake identity, to take Marty McFly as played by Michael J. Fox and cast him across these, these different persons. In The Terminator, we see the technology, technological revolution as being within the plot line. And so the, the kind of the fracturing of identity um, and how that relates to technolo technology and technology as the marker of modernity is much more clear within the, the narrative of The Terminator. Um, and in order to do that, I want to read an extended quote from the Stanford Encyclopedia of Philosophy on Baudrillard. So let me read through that. Quote, In a sense, there is a parodic inversion of historical materialism in Baudrillard. In place of Marx's emphasis on political economy and the primacy of the economic, for Baudrillard, it is the model, the superstructure, that generates the real in a situation. He refers to as the end of political economy. For Baudrillard, sign values predominate over use values and exchange values in the materiality of needs and uh, commodity use values to serve them disappear in Baudrillard's semiological imaginary in which signs take precedent over the real and reconstitute human life, end quote. So we'll stop there and, and go through that. I, as usual, bungled the quote a little bit, but let's just go through that a little slower. In a sense, there's a parodic inversion of historical materialism in Baudrillard. In place of Marx's emphasis on political economy and the primacy of the economic for Baudrillard, it is the model, the superstructure, that generates the real in a situation that he refers to as the end of political economy. Okay, so in by historical materialism, what the encyclopedia is referring to is kind of this idea that history is determined by material needs. This is Marx's view of the world. Um, now, Marx, of course, is emphasizing how this shapes the running of the, the polis. Um, for Baudrillard, it's not this kind of deep structure or underlying structure, but it's the surface structure which now becomes the real, which we see with the, this media analysis that we've read about in past uh, past B-sides, right? That, you know, the, the simulacra is this sort of simulation without referent. Um, and that has become the real. So instead of in Marx, there's this kind of deep structure which, which shapes um, all of the surface reality and that relationship between this deep structure and surface reality is predicated upon uh, economic problems, right, or, or economic realities. For, for Baudrillard, um, political economy kind of ends in the technological revolution, the media revolution. So moving along the quote, for Baudrillard, sign value predominates over use value. So sign value, what we recognize something as meaning or having relevance matters more than what we can use something for. Um, in which signs take precedent over the real and reconstruct human life. And we've talked about this a lot, right? It's what we can recognize in terms of media and how that shapes human life. 
So turning the Marxist categories against themselves, masses absorb classes. The subject of praxis is fractured and objects come to rule human beings. So again, this can sort of relate to the kind of the consumer culture where the things that we make begin to take control over us. And the, the kind of active learning, um, the active subject making that goes on, and we can think of in an enlightenment way, that sort of enlightenment value gets subsumed or maybe even supplemented by objects. Well, normally we supplement objects, here objects supplement us. Um, now to continue on quoting, quote, revolution is absorbed by the object of critique and technological implosion replaces the socialist revolution in producing a rupture in history. For Baudrillard, in contrast to Marx, the catastrophe of modernity an eruption of postmodernity is produced by the unfolding of technological revolution. Consequently, Baudrillard replaces Marx's hard economic and social determinism with its emphasis on the economic dimension, class struggle, and human praxis with a form of semiological idealism and technological determinism where signs and objects come to dominate the subject. End quote. So again, we see this, um, this inversion of economic reality with the coming of technology. And so while technology in, in one sense does spark the, you know, the, the ideas of Marx because we now have um, uh, capitalism and, and Marx wants to critique that, here with Baudrillard, now technology creates a consumer culture in which signs are made, symbols that we can um, uh, understand and absorb, and those we drift towards to, to form our identity. But in so doing, um, as he says here, the signs and objects, those are the things that, that hold the signs, maybe the Nike t-shirt, right, is the object that holds the swish sign that is Nike, they come to dominate the subject. So the subject, the wearer of the t-shirt, his or her identity is fractured along the lines of the communication the shirt is making. So what we then see here is that the, the technological revolution um, kind of takes over. And so the objects that are made then take over the individual subject. So we're no longer talking about these massive class antagonisms, but rather a, an individual in relationship to his or her consumption, um, to his or her technology. Which I do think if we see the, the Terminator film as a reflection on the kind of the ultimate fracturing of the subject, right? where technology does spark a revolution which destroys most subjects. And the goal of the film is uh, kind of surviving the object, right? The, the Terminator itself is a mechanical thing. Um, 
that is predicated upon efficiency. And now, granted, it's not something anybody's buying, but it is something people made and consumed that just they lost control over it. And that the identity of um, the identity of John Connor, the actual reality and life and subjectivity of Connor, can only be made valuable um, by distancing him from the object of the Terminator come to dominate all subjects. Uh, and, and in this case, that is sort of scaled down to deal with three people, the Terminator, Sarah Connor, and Kyle Reese. And so then we see two opposite goals, maybe, or opposite views, maybe goals is the wrong word, in Back to the Future Part 3 and The Terminator. Um, Back to the Future Part 3 is about embracing the cinematic magic, right? At one point, Michael J. Fox literally drives the time machine into an outdoor film screen in order to get it up to 88 miles an hour and transport back in time. Um, the time machine goes back in time just before it hits the film screen, and then he appears in 1885 in the Wild West. Um, and so it's about embracing the, the cinematic language. And though we know the Wild West was nothing like this, it wasn't particularly wild, um, the, the whole movie is about loving those tropes and about, um, about reconstituting, reforming yourself through those tropes, right? Marty makes himself into Clint Eastwood. He sort of establishes his own subjectivity via his consumption of Westerns. And we, as watchers of it, are set to participate in the fantasy of control over your own, own subjectivity, but a control only given to you by the language of movies, by the, the semiotics of the cinema. However, the Terminator, with its kind of bleak outlook on reality, sees production and the consumption of that which we produce as inevitably connected to apocalypse. And we can quibble about this, right, a little bit. Um, one person might push back against my reading to say that Skynet is this sort of government entity that is, is produced and not really consumed um, in, in a market sense. And this is absolutely true. It, it isn't at all. It's not like a normal commodity, this kind of military technology. But it is a technology that fractures modernity and breaks modernity away from, from the past. And so in that sense, the revolution that we see occurring in, in the Terminator, or that we don't see occurring, that we know is going to come, um, that revolution is sparked by the same technological developments that create a revolution in the subject understanding himself or herself, a, a revolution against the Enlightenment ideal of the individual as, um, as what is it that, that Foucault says at the beginning of this, of the individual as 
having the courage to reinvent himself. And so we may say that the, the open question here is, with Back to the Future Part 3, is Michael J. Fox's character, Marty McFly, um, and not just in Back to the Future Part 3, but is McFly in, in all of the Back to the Future films, does he have the courage to reinvent himself in this kind of Enlightenment-style via this Enlightenment style idea, or does this reflect an Enlightenment ideal? Or are we being given a, a lexicon, a kind of media-based lexicon, in order to understand reinventing the subject as itself a sort of um, thing to consume that is put out in these media? So... Back to the Future Part 3 is now kind of selling um, the reconstituted subject as an object, uh, you know. And, and so Back to the Future Part 3 itself becomes part of this sort of media language that is modernity and that makes the individual. Um, and we can see the Terminator as also raising that question. In the Terminator, do we see Kyle Reese and Sarah Connor, especially Sarah Connor, as reinventing herself or beginning to reinvent herself as what she calls the mother of the future, this woman who can raise a John Connor to save the world, our, our sort of a sci-fi Mary, mother of God? Um, or... Do we see something more bleak in the Terminator? The inevitable clash and destruction of object over subject. And those are questions I'd like to end on and end this kind of Back to the Future Terminator series. And thank you very much. And this has been B-Side. <laughs>